Welcome to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A with Boyd W. Shepard DDSJD. Each Tuesday morning Q&A podcast is an edited and shortened version of the previously held live Q&A Zoom session. On Tuesday mornings each week, join attorney Boyd Shepard for a one-hour Q&A call where you can ask Boyd questions. Then hear his detailed and knowledgeable responses to the legal concerns and business experiences of other dentists. For more information on how you can join in on the Q&A each Tuesday at 7 o'clock a.m., please go to LegalDental.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for being here this morning. I hope everyone had an excellent holiday and excellent Thanksgiving. Safe travels. Everyone's well. It's good to have you with us. Thank you for joining. We have quite a group already, and We'll have others who will be signing in momentarily. Today, we're going to be talking about the five things to avoid when entering a progress note. And it gets into the record keeping. It seems like each time that we have a Q&A in the morning on Tuesdays that we somehow get into record keeping and it's the first meeting after a holiday. And I thought it would be a great place to just kick off again having taken off a week. I do appreciate everyone who signs in regularly, and I certainly appreciate all of you who are new this morning. We have a new group of folks that have signed on, so thank you for joining us. I hope that you will continue to participate. Uh, We do this Tuesday morning Q&A every Tuesday morning at 7, unless it's a holiday week or if I'm traveling. But otherwise, it's always a good discussion. I try to have something prepared. I certainly invited all of you, those of you who come on regularly know that I ask you to do homework, which I'll remind you at the end to send me your emails with your questions that I could present in the q and I'm not always able to get to everyone, but I get to as many as I can. And certainly if you think of anything that you'd like to ask about during this time, you can unmute yourself and interrupt me and You also have the option to type it in the chat and send it to me that way. I keep an eye on the chat and try to get to as many questions there as I can as well. But I did want to talk about the five things to avoid in entering a progress note. I always think that that's a good review and it probably will open up additional questions. I hope that it will be helpful for you is to avoid not including the date, the reason for the visit or the patient's name. Now in this age of electronic patient records, pretty unlikely that that would happen. But I still encounter quite a number of offices, quite a number of doctors who it's amazing to me still after all of these years that there will be a practice of systems within the office where the patient's name or the date of a visit or the reason for the visit won't be clearly articulated on each and every page of the dental patient's record. That's something that certainly the board and the board investigators will be looking at is that kind of detail. You always want to have your notes dated exactly the date that the note was made. If it is a patient visit that's being notated, then the reason for the visit, clearly, I think that should be the top line. Certainly, there are other requirements of things that need to be in the record, and all of the items that must be included in a dental record 
is in rule 108.8 of the state board rules, records of the dentist. That's where it lists all of the items that must be in a dental record. And actually these three items, the patient's name, the date of the visit, and the reason for the visit are listed as information that must be in a patient's dental record. So you want to avoid not having the items listed in Rule 108.8. It's a, a good place to start off because it causes us to go and look at Rule 108.8 to review what is required within the state board rules, what must you have, and obviously the reciprocal of that what do we want to avoid doing or avoid? We want to avoid not entering all of the items that are required by Rule 108.8. And I started with the simplest thing that should be there each and every time, and that is absolutely the patient name, reason for the visit, and the date. Of these three, the most common item to not include is probably the patient's name of all things. And that's because logically the patient's names should be elsewhere in the in the chart on other pages. And if it's kept together, the patient record that that particular progress note goes to. So I'm not really speaking about the progress note in particular as much as I'm talking about making sure that the patient's name is on the page where the note exists. There may be a long note that takes up an entire page. It may be short notes, several notes on one page. And I'm, and again, this is primarily for hard copy charts, hard, hard copy records. But even in the digital record, I would imagine that that is generated on each and every page automatically. But if it's not, uh, something to make sure of. You want to avoid not including all of the items listed. And there's actually 12 items listed in Rule 108.8 of the State Board Rules. So that's part of your homework. You may be asking me, well, what are those 12 things? And that's not what we're covering today. But as a dentist, a licensed dentist in Texas, you're held to know all of the items that are listed in Rule 108.8. There's 12 items that are required. And I gave you the first three, patient's name, date of visit, and the reason for the visit. And why did I start with those? Because it's amazing to me how many times I see dental records that one of those three things, and it's just so easy to get right. So I wanted to start there. Again, welcome to those who have joined as we've started, and thank you for being here this morning. We're going over the five things to avoid when entering a progress note. Number two, not including the name of the treating provider and the name of the person making the record entry. Now, this is actually also in Rule 108.8, Records of the Dentist. It's 11 on the list of items that must be in a dental record. Rule 108.8 says in this part that records must include documentation of the following. Number 11, confirmable ID identification of the provider dentist. Each of you with us this morning, it appears to be, unless some of you or one of you or a handful of you might be office staff, but I don't think so. I think everyone online this morning is a practicing dentist. You who did the work for that particular treatment on that particular date. What does that mean? Confirmable identification. On the other end of the spectrum, I've had it where clients of mine before the board who failed to have this part of the rule complied with, there was no confirmable ID. We tried to use the argument that, and that worked 
<laughs> years ago as a defense, but somewhere along the line, the board became tired of that argument. I don't know if it was because all of my clients were using that argument and they were tired of hearing me say it, or if it was several doctors across Texas using the same argument and they just drew a line in the sand and they said, no more of that. No more color of the ink or handwriting. They quickly transitioned to confirmable identification as interpreted by the board means your name, your initials, they will allow a uh, provider number. If you work in a multi-dentist office setting where each provider has a different number or abbreviation or some way to identify that's unique to that practice, they, they're fine with that. But it must be there. That's, that's the real kicker is that there must be the progress note and then at the end of the note to have the identification of the provider that actually did the treatment. And then you'll notice and what that means is that if you, the provider dentist, if you make the record entry and then you sign off with your initials or your name or your provider number for the office that you work in, then that's fine. But if you delegate the keeping of progress notes to another team member and they make the record entry on your behalf, they need to not only identify you as the treating doctor, but also identify themselves as the person making the record entry. Now, that is something that I would guess is missed quite a bit. If there's a lot of delegation of record keeping, that does the person who is your team member know that they need to identify themselves as the person making the record entry in addition to you as the treating doctor? And that, to me, is a, is a hyper wrinkle that, again... If you know the rule, you can find a way to implement the system. You might say, well, Boyd, how would you do that? And I would say, well, your initials, treating doctor in the progress note, doctor, your name, provided the services as follows. And then at the end of the note, entered by, and then the initials of the team member who entered the note, you know, just something like that it takes an extra 0.5 seconds on both ends for a total of one second to do that. It's more about knowing the rule and implementing a system that works, but also complies with the rule. So just want to make everybody aware that what confirmable identification means and also point out the wrinkle that if it's being delegated, you definitely have to identify yourself as the providing doctor in the progress note, as well as the person who made the entry. Again, welcome to those of you who have joined us this morning. Uh, we're going over the five things to avoid when entering a patient's dental record progress note. Uh, we've covered two already. So let's go to the third item on the five things to avoid when you are entering a patient's dental record progress note. You want to avoid derogatory comments or statements about the patient. This is one of those that it's when you when you see it, you know it, right? I've seen records that have derogatory comments or statements about the patient. And you have to remember that state board rules, in fact, it's the same rule, rule 108.8, .8, says that the patient is entitled to a copy of their records. So that's, to me, threshold number one about why you don't want to make derogatory comments or statements about a patient is asking for their record. Now, it could be they're asking for their record to move on to another office because they're moving or some other reason that it's all amicable, it's all good. But there may have been some 
situation or incident. It may have been a team member that had a conflict with a patient at some point. Whatever reason that there might be to think a derogatory, you want to avoid putting that in the dental record, certainly in a derogatory way. Now, there's if there are issues with a patient that the next treating person, treating provider needs to be aware of, if there's issues with the patient, there's a way to communicate that without using derogatory comments or statements. I've seen the extreme in this regard. I've seen the extreme where doctors and or their staff have written either in the progress note or in the margin things that are very ugly. And obviously the relationship between the patient and the doctor had broken down at that point. And the office, whether it was the provider or the staff or in combination, uh, wrote things that they probably wish they hadn't because now, whether it was a complaint to the dental board or litigation that ensued, and quite frankly, I, I've seen it more in litigation where a patient brought a claim against a doctor. And there I am with my client having to explain or listen to my client explain in a deposition why either he or she or their team member wrote such an ugly thing in the in the records, okay? So I know that that isn't for everybody, that that may not be for anybody on our Zoom call this morning, but it's certainly something to be aware of uh, if you notice it in a dental record, perhaps provided, you know, added in by another provider, just something to be aware of. It's also potentially a violation of rule 108.9, which is dishonorable conduct. I believe that I've seen it alleged as a violation of the rules citing 108.9 when there were items in the record that were derogatory against the patient, citing the engaging in conduct established that is either disgraceful or degrading or brings discredit upon the dental profession, which I think is kind of a reach, but that's not uncommon for the board to cite rules that they think fit a situation. Number four, illegible shorthand abbreviations or handwriting. So this is something that you want to avoid in our five things to avoid when entering patients' dental progress notes. Again, now this would apply to whether or not you're doing a hard copy record or a digital record. Obviously, in a hard copy record, your handwriting needs to be legible. In fact, part of the rules, rules 108.8, uh, subpart F says, copies of dental records submitted to the board on demand of the officers or employees shall be legible and all copies of dental x-rays of diagnostic quality. <clears throat> Illegible copies of patient records submitted to the board shall not fulfill the requirements of this section. Now, it doesn't define illegible, but I can tell you it's not just poor copy quality. Illegible might mean poor copy quality. You submitted a blurry copy or blurry duplicate to the board, but it also is interpreted as if they can't read your handwriting, it's considered illegible there also. But it also transcends or extends rather to illegible shorthand or abbreviations. I have encountered clients over time who have their own particular, within their office, their own particular 
uh, abbreviations that's not common to every dental office. If it's not common to every dental office, you know, common abbreviations for common procedures, and it's unique to your office, you can't expect the board to know every single abbreviation that's out there across the state of Texas, right? So that's something to avoid. Um, on the other hand, you know, time is money, just trying to be efficient. If you have to submit your records to the dental board, I would recommend that if there are unique abbreviations that are particular to your dental office that you would submit some sort of of legend of your abbreviations not for everything that's that's common i mean blood pressure bp right um scaling and root planning srp they're going to get that but on the other hand there may be some that's difficult but i've seen it uh, for me to remember uh, that are very very unique and only has meaning to you you may need to uh, go ahead and provide a legend for that. Shorthands, abbreviations, handwriting. And yeah, IRM, certainly they know what, and IRM may not mean the same thing for everybody. That's the other thing is that if there's an abbreviation that means <laughs> one thing to some and not another, you know, you have to decide for yourself if it's unique to you and your office. I, I've seen that, <clears throat> and I think it was worth mentioning that it just it takes more time. It uh, it slows down the process with the board. It's not necessarily a violation of the rule. Uh, it's more about making sure the records are legible, so that you're communicating in your records, and the board understands, and that there's no misunderstanding. You wouldn't believe how important that becomes if there's a patient complaint and there's an investigation and the board investigators or their dental panel experts are reviewing your records. You want to have records that are legible, that the abbreviations can be clearly understood. That doesn't need to be an added stress in the system. And it does become very important should that situation ever arise. And then finally, the fifth thing that you want to avoid when entering a patient's dental record progress note, item number five, forgetting to include specific radiographic findings. And this particular requirement is actually probably very overlooked. Common argument is, well, don't the radiographs speak for themselves? The dental board, you, the providing doctor, the next treatment excuse me, the next treating provider down the line. And the board doesn't look at it that way. The radiographs have what the image presents. The board wants you to interpret those findings. In Rule 108.8, .8, in what the record must include, subpart C, so just like you write or note what you find clinically, technically the rule does say charting of radiographic examination. And then it goes on to say documentation of radiographs taken and findings deduced from them, including radiographic films or digital reproductions. And that's the part, findings deduced from them. So you have the radiograph in your tooth charting. There may be items in the tooth charting that you're going to notate on the tooth charting, the graph of the 
oral cavity, but the board goes one step further. If there's anything that is notated there, it needs to be written out in the progress notes as well, what your findings are from your radiographic examination. This is a violation that does pop up often. It's a very detailed interpretation of the rules. Again, so often we just want to interpret the radiographs based on what we see, but just know that the board interprets that. They want you to write it out in the progress note what your findings are from the radiographic examination. Everything that you're noting on the tooth charting, interproximal caries, bone loss, periodontal involvement, endodontics, any type of anything that you're noting radiographically, not only in the tooth charting, but also in the progress note. Those are the five that we've avoided. So just in review, and again, thank you to all of you who've joined us. There are some that have come in in the middle to review, not including the date, reason for visit, and patient's name. It's really a, uh, for you to take the initiative to take a look at Rule 108.8 and see all of the items listed that must be in a patient record, not including the name of the treating provider, the name of the person, and the name of the person making the record entry if different from the treating provider. And that's in Rule 108.8, subpart C11. You want to avoid making derogatory comments or statements about the patient. And we had a great example of that from one of you this morning. Thank you. And how to handle that situation. Create an office policy with your office team on how you're going to advise each other about situations with patients without getting derogatory in the record. You want to make sure that your records are legible, that your abbreviations can be understood. Anything that's shorthand and certainly your handwriting, if you do hard copy charts, you want to make sure that it's all legible in case the board wants to take a look. And then making sure you understand to avoid forgetting to include your specific findings from your radiographic examination. Thank you again for listening to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A with Attorney Boyd Shepard. For more information on how to join the weekly Q&A each Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. go to LegalDental.com. This voice was produced and typecast, an artificial intelligence voice service. Uh, uh.